The countdown's on, MP. Damo, the biggest and best wellness summit ever is fast approaching. Don't miss out on the entertainment. The education. The edutainment that is the wellness summit. Featuring for the very first time at the summit, the Merrymaker sisters, Carla and Emma Pappas, and the 2013 Bachelor himself, the incredible chiropractor and sharp mover, Mr. Tim Robards, plus all of your wellness couch favorites. And wait for it, Damo. All 22 podcasts on the couch will be in attendance at the summit. Wow. So take your digital wellness couch experience and make it a real-life one at the transformational, inspirational, sensational 16 hours of Powerhouse Wellness Summit at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. September 10 and 11. More information and tickets available at www.thewellnesssummit.com. Now, before you go, Damo, there's a big competition on as of now. Every single person who registers before a 11.59pm on Sunday, August 14, goes into the draw to win a double pass to the inaugural 2016 Wellness Couch Awards Night. Amazing. You'll join the who's who of the Wellness Couch as we present for the very first time the best new podcast, most popular episode, most popular the host, the best hair, of course, MP, most awkward moment, and many more sensational awards at this night of fun and wellness frivolity. But you must enroll, folks, by August 14. Tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill. And this week, I'm joined by a lady with a certification in life coaching and a bachelor's degree in communications who's been studying self-development for over a decade. She's born in Miami, Florida, as you'll hear from her accent once she gets started, and has created work for herself in the USA, Canada, and Australia. She works with the Urban Alchemist and likes to look at the mind and body as a holistic experience. Her coaching style is direct, practical, and action-orientated, which sounds just like what we're looking for, and wants to push people to think things they've never thought of. She values authenticity, keeping it real, as well as, as, well as courage to change people's lives. So welcome to the show, Dara Simkin. Hi, Brad. How are you going? Good. Thanks, Dara. Really looking forward to chatting to you today. Obviously, change, in particular lifestyle change, is a really big topic for us here on that Paleo show, and many of our listeners are looking to make changes. So I'm really looking forward to hearing your insights into how people can go about doing that. Um, But before we get into all of that, we'd love to know a little bit about you, Dara. Um, How did you become a mindset coach? What was it that inspired you to take this career trajectory? So I grew up um, in Miami and my parents got divorced when I was about seven and I had a bit of a, an interesting religious upbringing. And so for me, religion always made me feel a bit uncomfortable. I was never really sure what I believed in or, or what the universe was about. And so I was really searching for something that resonated with me, something to believe in, some to, something to put my, my faith in. And so at, when I was at university, I read Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, which just talks a lot about self-awareness and consciousness and ego and things like that. And for me, it really just resonated so deeply. And that's kind of the trajectory that I've been on for the last 10 years, continuing to explore myself through reading different books and workshops and all different kinds of um, references and things like that, that I've been using for the last decade to build my knowledge and 
when I moved to Australia, I have a background in, in communications and marketing, but for me, I was really looking to do something different. And so I got certified as a life coach and I decided to call myself a mindset coach because for me, it's not about how you live your life or I'm a, I'm a life expert, but for me, it's really about mindset because your mindset is going to shape the way that you view the world. And it's about having a growth mindset and a mindset which is going to open you up to opportunities and challenges and just really allow you to see the world in a different view. And a fixed mindset is more so being more closed off, like not open to failure, being quite fearful in the things that you're doing where you you believe that your abilities are static and you kind of are dealt the hand that you're given when you're born and you can't really make any changes. So today I'm hoping to talk a bit more about change and the mindset of of growth and the opportunity to embrace embrace failure, embrace vulnerability and all the things that make change a lot easier. Great. That sounds perfect. So obviously this kind of started off as a, I guess, a personal journey for you of, of you know, personal development. Um, you mentioned Eckhart Tolle. Who were, who were your other early mentors? Who were you reading and listening to that was really inspiring you? I would say Eckhart Tolle was my main driver. Um, also Wayne Dyer, um, a bit of Deepak Chopra recently as well. Um, like Susan Jeffers, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways is amazing. The the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I mean, there's so many different books. I could probably sit here and just you know, mutter them for, for hours on end. But um, yeah, for me at the moment, I'm reading a book called The Power of Focusing, which I'm hopefully going to talk a bit more about later and how the, the wisdom of our body can really help us through challenging experiences because we live so in our heads. We're so overcome by thoughts and our ego and things like that. So using the wisdom of your body and paying attention to sensations and feelings that arise can really be a valuable tool when going through change and, and, and embracing uncertainty. Yeah, I love that. And that really fits in well with sort of what we talk about on the Paleo Show, which is all about, you know, embracing your body's innate abilities and understanding that your body is designed to be healthy and that it doesn't really need any help. It just needs no interference. And that, you know, if we allow that innate expression of our body, then it's it's pretty powerful and it's pretty cool. So um, that sounds great. That sounds like just the sort of stuff we want to get into. So obviously at some stage, Dara, you decided that this personal development you'd be doing, you could use to help other people. So what was it that inspired you to want to become, you know, to go from someone who was just passionate about this and loved learning about it to someone who became a mindset coach and wanted to help others? When I moved here about four years ago, it was very much this, I uprooted my life to move here. I was so excited, but then it was like, okay, now what? Who do I want to be? What do do I want to stand for? I can essentially just reinvent myself moving to a new country. And I I found it really challenging. I miss my family. I miss my friends. And so I sought out um, a mindful psychologist. And for me at the time, I wasn't really interested in doing too much work on my past, but more so looking into the future and and, and into the present moment and what I could do now and, and really start to take some action steps. So a friend of mine put me on to his friend, or I'm sorry, his brother. Uh, his name is Jem, Jem Fuller, and he was actually my coach. And so I worked with Jem on so many different aspects of myself around self-esteem and self-worth and things like that. And so after my experience with Jem, I just, I was so passionate about what he and I had worked on. And he actually said, you should be a coach. <laughs> and I said, hmm, okay, that sounds pretty good. So I did a bit of research, looked at a few different schools, and then and then just took the plunge and went for it. And it's been a beautiful challenge ever since. And I continue to grow and evolve and learn and meet amazing people and make amazing connections. And I'm just, I love it. I, I, I live and breathe 
my job. It's my passion. Um, I do it full time. It's not like I'm a accountant by day and a, and a coach by night. For me, this is this is my everything. And like I said, or you mentioned earlier, authenticity is so important for me. I believe that as a coach, it's important to walk the walk and talk the talk and not just be able to regurgitate things that you read in a book or, or hear on a podcast. Yeah, nice. I love that, Dara. So people listening in, you know, many of them are wanting to make lifestyle changes or perhaps they're making lifestyle changes and finding challenges with that. So um, for people who want to make change, um, you know, my guess is you're going to say we need to start with our mindset, Dara, but where do we need to start if we want to make real sustainable change in terms of our lifestyles? I always use this analogy that change is like breaking up with a part of ourselves. Uh, It can be messy and full of uncertainty. And I use the analogy of looking at like a bad relationship because oftentimes we can stay in a bad relationship because it becomes comfortable and familiar. I mean, we are creatures of habit. But, you know, we often stay in these uncomfortable places because it's perceived as comfortable. And so we're afraid of what lies on the other side. We fear the unknown. And so, you know, you can say that when you're ready to make a change, it's about realizing that this comfort zone that you've created is not actually comfortable anymore and that we don't we don't make any changes and we don't actually get to do anything exciting when we're just sitting on the couch staying the same. And really, that there's so much out there that says if it doesn't scare you, it's not heavy enough or it's not big enough. So creating change is heavy stuff and it's, it's, it's getting rid of old habits and with these habits we've had for years and years and years and oftentimes we've created these habits as children. And so looking at how to create a new habit, you're really digging deep and realizing that this isn't serving you anymore. It's not resourceful. And oftentimes we need to accept that first. And, and I believe I believe acceptance is the paramount of, of change. It's We can try and push ourselves and, and push these feelings away, our thoughts and emotions away and just completely become at odds with ourselves. And I know a lot of us can feel this inner battle. It's like the little angel and devil on your shoulder. One says yes, the other says no. One says up, the other says down. And so we're constantly at odds inside of ourselves. So how can you accept every part of you? How can you accept the good, the bad, and the ugly in order for you to then be able to move forward? And I think the more we try to avoid or push away or or control certain aspects of ourselves that we don't like, it's so much harder to elicit that change because, again, it, it becomes this internal battle. Yeah, it sounds a lot like some of the stuff I've, I've read and listened to from one of my favorite people, Dara, who is Byron Katie. Uh, and she talks about loving what is, you know. Just, I love Byron Katie. <laughs> yeah, just accepting it as it is. And then, you know, then, and then if you want to make change from there, you can, but, but you can't fight against the reality of what is. Absolutely. And, and, and what Byron Katie talks about is the work and the work is really centered around projection. And mm. so oftentimes when we're blaming other people or blaming situations or blaming experiences for why we can't make changes or why we're not happy, it's so important to go inward to figure out what's going on because we can't change anyone. We can only change ourselves. And so understanding that and adopting that idea brings so much more peace and balance in your life. And so when you do this inquiry, you're asking yourself, like let's say you're blaming your partner of why you can't make your change or you're blaming your your boss or, or whomever, and there's a particular aspect of them that's really getting under your skin. Well, nine times out of 10 or 10 times out of 10, <laughs> the thing that's irking you the most about them is actually something that you don't like in yourself. 
And it takes a lot of openness and understanding and self-compassion to go inside and be able to realize, oh, the reason why I'm really annoyed with my partner because he's not vulnerable is because, well, I'm not vulnerable. And it's so much easier to point that finger and project onto someone else than it is to own up to your own shortcomings and things like that. So I do. I, I love. I love Byron Katie so much. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think so many people listening to this are going to be relating to this. You know, perhaps they might think back to their journey when they started adopting a more paleo lifestyle, or, or perhaps the the journey they're on right now. And you know, think about you know when they first started thinking about perhaps not eating bread, or you know, giving up sugar, or starting at the gym, or you know, whatever it happens to be. And there is a there is a degree of fear with that. You know, th- those changes can be quite confronting for you. So, you know, how do people move past that that fear factor um, and move towards a growth mindset? Well, oftentimes we can really catastrophize situations. And again, living so much in our head, we make things bigger and harder and scarier than they really are. And this is actually due to what is called the negativity bias. It's about how our brain is actually wired to always anticipate danger. So we still do that. Like back when we were back when we were cavemen and actually eating a paleo diet, we were constantly anticipating danger for our own survival. If there was a rock in the distance, we'd have to anticipate that it was a predator because if it was and we didn't, then we would essentially be dead. Mm. So we're doing the same thing now. We're not fighting off woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers. It's our boss or our partner or a parking ticket or whatever. So it's a matter of just really putting what's happening into perspective and asking yourself when you're catastrophizing things or when you're making this made-up story to what the reality is and making it harder and scarier for yourself. Yeah, so do you think that in our modern world that we are more exposed to things that might switch on that negativity bias or switch on that stress response or that, that fight-or-flight response within our body or do you think we're just responding to it differently? Well, I think that a lot of popular culture and media and things like that prey on our fears. And it's like, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. We have this internal dialogue constantly of always striving to be something more, something better, striving for success, striving for success. But oftentimes we don't even know what we're striving for. We don't even know what our values are. And I always invite all of my clients as, as one of the first things we do together is for them to identify their values. Because if what you're doing, if this diet that you're doing is actually not in line with your values, well, it's going to be really challenging. So adopting this diet, I believe that you want it to, to be in line with your values and, and be in line with what you believe in, because that's what's going to make the journey more enjoyable and more and more in line with, with who you are. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually just uh, on John Demartini's website yesterday, and he's got a little, uh, you know, a little thing you can do there where you can go through a few, uh, a little step by step, and uh, start determining what your values are. It was fascinating. It's a really good mm. one to do. So people might like to jump on there and have a bit of a look at that, and uh, and get a clear idea around where your values are, because sometimes you're not even really aware of what your values are, are you, Dara. Absolutely. And and I think that we we think that we know what they are, and I can ask someone, oh, do you know what your values are? And they're like, yeah. And I say, well, what are they? And it's like, uh, I I think family and maybe uh, fun. But it can be honesty or freedom or or self-expression or the environment. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of values out there. It's just a matter of really choosing ones that resonate the most with you. Like what is the most important thing for you? What are your non-negotiables? What do you 
you know, high, like look at in such a high regard that you need those, those values in your life to make you feel fulfilled and make you feel good. And just going back to how to have a growth mindset and be open is it's really about accepting failure. And oftentimes when we're completely changing our lifestyle, we're going to go back to our old ways because that's, that's because we're human beings. Mm. And, you know, I think it takes, it takes about 30 days to, to create a new habit. So it's about really being okay when you fall off the wagon. Because if you're going to go and jump from, you know, eating five pieces of bread a day to not eating bread at all, it's about baby steps. Again, it's about being on your own team. And when we deprive ourselves of things or when we make ourselves feel guilty because we're not doing something, it's not being on our team. It's making us feel worse than we already feel. And that's really about having, you know, proper emotional hygiene, really. And there's an amazing TED Talk by a a psychologist by the name of Guy Winch who looks at emotional hygiene and how it's funny when we, you know, when we have a physical injury, we go to the doctor or we bandage it or we put antiseptic on it or something and and we we aid that particular boo-boo, essentially. But when we inflict an emotional wound on ourselves, it's like we continue to pick at it. And we continue to 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 open it and open it and, and continue to to build on the wound when we should be reviving our self esteem and reviving our our self compassion and thinking of the things that we are doing and we are achieving as opposed to thinking I haven't done this or I should do this or I can't do this. So it's really about the internal dialogue and 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 being kind to yourself. It's so important to be kind to yourself. Yeah. The more we bully ourselves and the more we get upset with the things that we might might do or might not do it just it makes it so much harder to pick ourselves up after we've fallen down i love that i love that being kind to yourself that's something i talk about on the show all the time so i think that's crucial and so you know in terms of you know focusing on um you know maybe some of the positives and being kind to ourselves and being you know being on our team i love that phrase i think that's fantastic you know are we doing things then like perhaps doing a gratitude journal perhaps writing down our wins at the end of the day you know what sort of stuff can we do to help facilitate that and help that happen easily more easily those are some great examples. I mean, gratitude journal, as as silly as some people think it is, just waking up in the morning and writing down five things you're grateful for, whether it's you're grateful for the warm cup of coffee you're about to drink or you're grateful for the, the great hair that you have. I mean, whatever it is, it's just bringing things into perspective again and letting us focus on what we do have instead of what we don't have or what we're not doing. Uh, and then again, yes, like writing down your past successes, absolutely. I also, I, I love a loving kindness meditation. Um, there's so many that you can find online. I have one that I've recorded as well. It's just about harnessing loving kindness and, and using these particular words. You say, may I be well, may I be happy, may I be peaceful, may I be loved. And you repeat that to yourself silently when you're meditating. And then you can also repeat it and and imagine other people in your life, whether it's your partner or someone that's causing you angst or the person that makes your cup of coffee in the morning, you can send them loving kindness as well. And it's just about focusing that love and kindness for yourself and others. So that way you can have that, that, that energy inside of you and start to build on that. So that way you, you, you can incorporate it into your everyday life. Nice. It's just dropped out a couple of times there, Dara. So if there's anything you've got running in the background, maybe just 
turn it off if we can, but it's not too bad, so we'll, we'll keep going. Um, so I guess often when people start to make these changes, um, it can not only be challenging for themselves, but sometimes it can be challenging for those around them as well. And, and sometimes people will find that they're looking to make lifestyle change and perhaps their family, perhaps their friends are a bit resistant to that sometimes. So I'd love you to talk about perhaps why their friends might be resistant to that, but also how they can uh, you know, work around that and work with their friends and, and help Uh, I guess, help each other make lifestyle change? Well, I believe it's about being confident in the choice that you've made to start with. If you're wavering and unsure and and full of doubt, then people are going to pick up on that. So if you're not supporting yourself in your change, then why should other people? So it's really about understanding that you're making this choice and how can you back that choice up and feel confident about it? And I think it's also, it's it's a slippery slope when we're trying to get other people on board with the changes we're making and and not being too preachy or I know better than you or you should do this, but really just explaining the benefits that you're feeling. How do you feel? How are are you going? What are, what are, what are the changes that you're seeing? Because that's the only thing that's in your scope and in your control. So I guess it's about also really not caring what other people think of you. And that's, that's a big, big issue with us and our ego. It's that of course we want to be connected and we want to feel significant but sometimes it can start to ostracize us and we're we're constantly seeking other people's approval like oh i'm doing this diet what do you think and and, what, and just constantly getting people's input can start to make you waver in your decision because you're not you're not standing firm in what you've decided and so i think being able to be firm in your choice being firm in what you're doing being very clear on on what you want and and the change that you're seeing and the change that you want to see people are going to pick up on that people are gonna, like confidence is infectious and and certainty is infectious and so i think instead of expecting people people to to accept what you're doing or expect people to want to make those changes as well. You just have to be firm in yourself and strong in yourself and people are going to pick up on that no matter what. Yeah, so I guess being firm and strong in yourself, it comes back to what you were talking about before, doesn't it? Like understanding what your values are and making sure that you're acting in alignment with those values. And then I guess, you know, doing your research, you know, making sure that you have gathered all the information, like you said, knowing what reality is so that you're making a really informed choice that you're really confident in is going to mean that, you know, the more confident you are in your own choices and what you're doing, then the easier it's going to be when someone comes in and kind of, challenges that bubble a little bit. Hmm. I mean, people are definitely going to want to ruffle your feathers because you're doing something different and people start to question and, and push on things that are different. And so, yeah, it's, it's knowing your why. Why are you doing this? What is your purpose? Why, why adopt this particular diet? And I think when you know your why, and that's another great TED Talk that you can watch. It's more so with business, um, a gentleman called Simon Sinek. But knowing your why is so important. And once you know your why, everything else starts to fall into place. So when someone asks you why you're doing what you're doing and you don't know, well, of course, there's going to be questions and, and, and a bit of an altercation or whatever might come about of you being uncertain and, and just, oh, I'm just doing it because I think, it's, I think it's a good idea or I'm doing it because I read this article and I guess, it's a, I, guess I can do it. I can give it a try. So how, how confident are you in your decision and, and why are you doing it? Yeah, and you touched on before, I guess, you know, wanting to change other people as well, and you mentioned that that can be a slippery slope, but, you know, for a lot of people, uh, you know, they do have people in their lives who they really care about, who they would, you know, when they're seeing benefits, when they're seeing changes, when they're making what they feel like is positive change, they just want to drag these people along with them, but as you said, it's it's a slippery slope, because you can't make other people change, you know, you can't do the work for them, you can't make the change for them, so how, how do you do that? I mean, you know, you mentioned before, just sort 
sort of being the shining example. But but how do you do that in a way that's going to you know hopefully you know inspire other people or want other people to come along on a journey with you, but in a way that's not expecting them to or trying to force them to make change as well. I think it's about understanding where your communication is coming from and we can really communicate from two places which is love or fear and fear can be uh, uncertainty or anger or, or, or forcefulness or and, you know there's so many different emotions and, and ways of thinking that can fall under fear and obviously love is about connection and compassion and understanding and things like that so is your conversation about these people wanting to change their diet? Is it fear-based because you fear for their life or you fear that they're not going to want to listen to you? And and so it's a matter of understanding where are you coming from in when you're communicating. If you can drop into a place of love and acceptance and openness, then that's going to be the way that your words are going to come out. And people are far more open to be communicated with, with love and compassion mm. than with with force or with fear or with with waving your finger in the air and telling them that they should do this because of X, Y, and Z. So it's really about communicating from a, a place of love and, and explaining that how you feel and, and how it affects you and, and never saying, I'm sorry, that was a bit confusing. So coming from a place of I, like I feel this way and this is how I think because they can't dispute how you feel about yourself. Mm. When we start to say you this and you that and you're doing this, then you're blaming so it's really a matter of, of, of avoiding the blaming, avoiding the pointing, the finger pointing and just adopting a, a space of love when you communicate this stuff. Yeah, and I guess that comes back once again to the self-love and the self-confidence, doesn't it? Like if you're feeling you know, total confidence in what you're doing, then you're not needing that other person to validate what you're doing. You're not needing them to approve of what you're doing. So you're just purely coming from that place of you know, wanting to help them as opposed to you know, wanting something validated for yourself. And change is really hard when we seek external validation. I mean, life in general is hard when we seek external validation. If we're handing people the calculator for them to decide how we feel about ourselves, well, (laughs) we're going to be sadly disappointed. So it's really about how do you feel about yourself because that's your perception is your projection. So how you perceive yourself is the way other people are going to perceive you. So of course we want to be accepted. We're, we're, we're tribal people. It's it's a part. You know, we want to be in a, in a group or in a family and things like that, which is absolutely part of our innate wanting and 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 humanity. However, seeking validation because you need other people to tell you how you should feel about yourself, or you need other people to convince you that you are a certain way. Well, then again, it's it's really about inquiring and going inward and figuring out what you need to do to start to love yourself again or what you need to do again to be on your own team. So it's really interesting actually there, Dara, because you know some people will say that when you're wanting to make change, then you should surround yourself with positive people and surround yourself with people who are on your team and who are going to support you and make it easy for you. On the other hand, we say that you know you need to love yourself and be strong enough and confident enough within yourself so that you know you're not phased by people around you who may be challenging what you're doing, and and that maybe that challenging can be really beneficial in that you can learn from that and see where your strengths and weaknesses are and see where you can. Perhaps improve and do better as well. So they seemingly are kind of two contradictory camps. You know, one is we just need to deal with society as it is, and one is we want to surround ourselves with with only the positive people. Which of those do you think is right, Dara? 
I believe it's about having a healthy balance. I think people who are going to challenge you in a healthy way are definitely uh, valuable people to have around you. If they're challenging you because they love you and they care about you and that's just the kind of person they are. Like when I have my best friend who I make a joke and I call her devil's advocate because anytime I say something, she always says the other side of the coin and I love her for that. And that's the kind of relationship that we have. So it's important, I think, to have those kind of people who are challenging you. But again, they're challenging you from a place of love. And again, it's having that balance. It's a balance of you feeling great about yourself and being kind to yourself. And then also being with people who are supporting you. And you decide how people can support you. If mm. people are going to be supporting you by being positive all the time, well, then that that's the kind of support that you need. If you need people to challenge you in a loving way, then that's the kind of support that someone else might need. So I guess it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big balance between the two. And, and I think you could really be – like both are quite helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so – when you talk about people challenging you in a loving way, how do you determine that? Like, how do, how do you figure out if the sort of challenge you're receiving and, and the sort of question you're receiving is helpful to you or not helpful to you? Well, I think it's how you feel. So if someone's coming at you in a particular way and it's making you feel uncomfortable, it's making you feel um, really uh, like that they're crossing the line. I mean, how, how do you feel when that person is approaching you? And again, our body is a beautiful tool and has such great wisdom of how we're going to respond when someone's offering up, our, up, up their opinion. And also, I think it's it's a matter of you deciding what you're going to tolerate and what your boundaries are. And, and I think it's a matter of building healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. And when you are in relationships with people who are challenging you, they're going to know what your boundaries are because you've, you've let them know and you've opened yourself up to them. And so they're going to ho- hopefully give you the challenge that you want because this is a person that's close to you and that you care about each other. And so you're going to ping pong, off, ping pong off of each other because there's no reason why you can't challenge them back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So coming back to, I guess, on a more individual level, um, you know, you've you've gone through these steps that you've spoken about. You've made some lifestyle change. And for whatever reason, something's come up. You've had a stressful week. You've, you know, whatever's happened and you haven't been able to stick it. You know, you, you haven't been able to succeed at that particular change that you wanted to make. Um, you know, you've said before that you want people to, to use that as a learning and to see that as a step along the process. So how do people, how do people deal with that? How do they, how do they acknowledge the fact that they didn't succeed at that? And how do they sort of get themselves back on the horse and get ready to keep moving forward to use that as a you know an opportunity rather than a, a threat and to you know to take the next step to move in the right direction? It's a matter of how much you want to dwell in the situation. If you want to ruminate about it and you want to take days and weeks and months to to cry because you had a cupcake or whatever it is, well, of course it's going to be really challenging for you to get back on. But if you can accept the fact that you ate that cupcake or you can accept the fact that you had that whole pizza, well, that's okay because tomorrow is a new day and you can start over. Tomorrow is always a new opportunity to start fresh. It's a matter of how much we're going to cling to that setback. We can take one step back or we can take 10 steps back and it's our choice. It's our choice as to how much we ruminate and cling and wallow in our self-pity around the situation. And that's going back to what I talked about around acceptance. Accept what you've done so you can move forward. If you don't accept what you've done, then you move backwards. Yeah. And how do we draw the line between not clinging to it but also making sure that we're learning from it? 
Well, that's, I mean, it's going to be up to the person to decide what their, what the learning is. And I think it's a matter, I mean, you know, when you're clinging to something, when you're thinking about it constantly, when it's, when it comes up all the time. And I think it's a matter of just opening yourself up to the experience and realizing this is what I did. This is what I could do differently. And not again, the shoulds or the coulds or the woulds, but just really taking some time to reflect. So what drove me to, you know, what was the trigger? opening yourself up to be a bit of an investigator so you know what triggered you so next time if that thing comes along you know it's a trigger you know what your general response is going to be so you're able to have a broader awareness of what things are going to be those obstacles and those setbacks so you can prepare yourself for next time and you know proper planning prevents piss poor performance I love it. I love it. Well, Dara, we're almost at the end of half an hour. It goes so quick. Uh, So I just wanted to ask you, you know, is there one sort of key message you'd like to leave everyone with? It's just going back to acceptance. The more we can accept what's happening, the more we can accept ourselves, the more we can accept others, the present moment. I mean, if we can open ourselves up to accepting whatever is happening around us and leading our lives with, with equanimity and openness, then it creates so much more ease and balance and freedom in our life than when we don't accept. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Dara. It's been fantastic today. I'm sure everyone's going to want to find out more about you. So they can go to your website, which is darasimkin.com. That's D-A-R-A-S-I-M-K-I-N.com. They can find you at Facebook under Dara Simpkin. They can find you on Instagram under Dara Simpkin, all one word. Uh, They can do uh, face-to-face coaching consults with you if they happen to be in Melbourne. They can do Skype coaching consults for you if they don't happen to be in Melbourne. Um, And you also do workshops for businesses and community groups. So there's all sorts of ways people can get in touch with you and follow you and and continue to learn from you, Dara. So thanks again for coming on the show. It's been fantastic. My pleasure, Brett. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.